Welcome to Essential Dynamics. I'm Derek Hudson. I'm your host, uh, developer of Essential Dynamics. Really excited because we've just started season four of Essential Dynamics podcast, episode number 85. And to celebrate, I've got two of my colleagues with me today, Ann McTaggart and Glenn Vanstone. Ann and, Ann and Glenn, welcome to Essential Dynamics. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Derek. Uh, it's, this is uh, really exciting. So so glad that you could uh, join me. We're, we're mixing things up a little bit for season four. And what we want to do is really focus on the business leader and helping them with tools that they need to get unstuck and have better businesses and better lives. We've been talking a lot about that here in our uh, unconstrained consultancy. And so we thought we would bring Ann and Glenn on and carry on the conversations that we've uh, that we've had in camera, put them out in the public domain and get that conversation going. So I'm really excited to be in season four and to have Ann and Glenn with me today. Um, guys, I've been thinking a lot about how we can get started on this topic. And it seems to me that um, Glenn's been doing some thinking about the, the bigger system, and we always want to talk about systems and essential dynamics, but the, the bigger system, if we could talk about it as um, having a stronger economy. And um, we're here in Edmonton, Alberta, um, cap, capital of Alberta, metropolitan, nor, most northerly metropolitan center in Canada. That's, uh, that's something that we know well. We recognize that these principles that we're talking about are going to apply to metropolitan economies and maybe even national economies all over. But some of our conversation will might be tend to the local here a little bit, but we're always focused on principles here too. So um, Glenn, let me just get started with what's hard about from a big picture sort of um, policy point of view, what's hard about improving a, an economy? <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, oh, thanks. Good luck with that. I got that Good luck one. With that. Right. Yeah. Uh, what's hard about improving economy? Um, I think because everything has changed and everything is changing. So I've been wrestling with a bit of a, uh, a question that I have, which is so, so what's after more? And I put that in context because um, for the last decades, of rampant globalization. It's been an economy based on the principle of more, 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 right? More growth, more jobs, more revenue, more tax, more, 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 more. And so businesses have been started, raised, matured, operated, uh, all under this dynamic and this larger economic principle of more, 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 more. That's all changing. From my perspective, the fundamental is is what's after more. And we don't have an economic model that fits our current situation. So I've been writing a bit. I've been talking a lot about what I call the five forces, you know, the geopolitical disruption, the tech, uh, technological su uh, supremacy, trade tectonics, uh, that climate adaptation and even the, the demographic disruptions that have been going on, those are big displacement forces that are pushing every company uh, here in, in our neck of the woods 
and really across the entire, uh, certainly the Western world, which has been very much a capitalist, more, more, more driven uh, system. So in context, all of that is putting these kind of new, unique pressures on business leaders that have not been part of their experience, part of the paradigm, part of the system uh, over the last few decades. And so we're organizations and communities. I don't differentiate companies and communities are under those same types of pressures. And everybody is feeling things as change. And so um, you can't buy your way out of challenges anymore. Money is no longer cheap. And that's not just an inflationary thing. Inflation is a, is a symptom, but it's, it's a different environment for businesses and communities to find themselves in today that hasn't existed before. And so that creates a new set of unique challenges and unique systemic barriers that are working uh, as headwinds on anybody's plans and progresses that they're trying to make happen. So let me pick up on a couple of things there and then, and you can, you can weigh in. Um, so since uh, world war two ended and we had rapid economic growth, we've had some cycles, but if you started a business in the fifties, uh, chances are you saw tremendous growth and the same if you started a business in the seventies and, and then again in the nineties. And so these cycles go on. And so there's, there's the, the changes that you talked about, but we still have the expectation uh, that uh, we're going to be able to experience growth. And if we get in the market, then it's going to take off. And then um, businesses are valued based on this growth potential that's expected to be there. So we'll buy future earnings. Mm -hmm. and, and that sometimes can create some insane calculations. And then people think that's where the value is. Um, and now there's this, this like disappointment that, you know, maybe that's not going to happen every time to everybody. Is that part of uh, what you're saying? Yeah, it's, the math is not going to work out the same way as it has in the past. Remember, we used to run into these cycles, as you just mentioned, you know, these big disruptions, price of some commodity collapses, and then there's the big U, and everybody wants a, a return to the norm uh, as, rap as rapidly as possible. My point is, is that norm is shifting. And so this expectation of some pressure or some unique dip or something that they just have to get through. And then it's back to normal. It's like COVID in the pandemic period, right? How quickly can we get through this? Let's put a whole bunch of capital into the marketplace. We're all trying to preserve in the expectation that once it's over, everybody can go back to business. And, and my point was that's not happening. That's, that's not going to be the norm. The math keeps changing. So I'm going to go to you and uh, say whatever you want. But one thing that you might touch on is uh, the impact on individual business leaders that, that you've seen. But take it, take, just, just give us your thoughts on what we're talking about so far. 
Is that Ann or me? Ann, Ann. Oh, okay. That's yeah. what I thought. No, that's Glenn, what I thought. Glenn's, like, used, Glenn's used up all his time. Oh, yep, so we'll never go back to him. But so. Okay, so we'll just measure the number of words that I say, and then we'll just make keep score that way. Because um, I'm not overly concise. Uh, what I would like to share or sort of add to this conversation is um, your question was how, you know, what are you seeing in the environment? I love your description, Glenn, around how the, you, know, you summarized it as it's the, the, the period of more. And I think we're out of the period of more. And what I am seeing is now it's people are like, okay, so if it's not more, what is it? And I would describe the next phase possibly could be more like rationalization or economization of we have enough here or we have enough there. Um, so more isn't going to get us ahead. And uh, Derek, you talked about the imp- what, what is the impact on leaders? Absolutely, there's a they're um, they're trying to figure this out as well. So they're starting to think about how do I how do I survive or face the next challenge, and they're wrestling with it. And so I would say the impact on them is they're still trying to figure it out. How do I do that? How do I figure out if it's not more? What is it? How do I? Um, there's too much information. There's so much noise for me to look at. Like, where do I start? And so they're they're looking out their window or out their field of vision, trying to do research, trying to understand where their business is in this um, in this system or in the global economy, and how can I make it better and make it better for whatever my my purpose is. Or how can I look after my people? Um, how do I how do I move to this next phase so that I can continue doing what good I've been doing, and um, take that into the next step so that I'm not going to lose what I've what I've gained. Uh, I really like and this idea of enough uh, because in our Western society we have enough food. Um, clearly there are people who don't have food. That's not a problem of a supply of food. That's, those are other problems there, but it, so we have enough food. We could have enough shelter. Uh, we have enough energy. We have access to enough energy. Um, and so, so the, 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 an economy built on scarcity is running into some, something where we have plenty and prosperity, but we still need meaning and we need growth. Uh, so there's that. And then the other thing that I'd say to what you said, Anne, is what you're talking about, the introspection that a business leader is going through. Um, I would guess that that is sort of taking up 1% of the time of 1% of the business leaders. That's fair. That's and, fair. And everyone else would like to do it, but they don't find that they have the capacity to spend that time in introspection probably because of the five forces that Glenn's been talking about. And then just, just human nature and our tendency to, and and all the other on the short term and all the other quote noise that is coming at them, whether it's a screen, whether it's an employee, whether it's a customer, all those other um, distractions 
it's it's really hard to think about those longer term, bigger picture, why am I here questions. So one of the things I wanted to do in setting up this conversation is to talk, I mean, we can jump all over the place, but to talk about if you had a policy direction that would help, what do you do with the fact that you have business leaders that are in the state that Anna's talking about? Because here's, here's my hypothesis I want to put out there. That is, at some point, any kind of policy change, any kind of injection into the economy that some uh, level of government or um, other agency is trying to produce, at some point, it has to get, it's going to go across the president's desk and it's either going to make a change in the organization or it's not. And I don't think that that, that constraint has been uh dealt with very much. And I'll just give you an example. Um, I was reading the other day, actually, um, it was it was Jordan Peterson in a podcast uh, who said that a psychotherapist is evaluated based on whether uh, an individual's life improves based on the work that they do, you know, the client does with the psychotherapist. And if they stop the bad habit and start functioning better in society, that's a win. Uh, but he was sort of complaining that a medical doctor's, um, you know, sort of moment of performance is, is writing the prescription. And if the patient doesn't comply, it's not the doctor's fault. And so if we have a prescription for the economy, I think we have to deal with the decisions that get made in the, in the you know, business leader's office that, determine whether that that uh, policy change is going to be impacted in growth or or improvement in the organization. So I'm I'm maybe co-opting our conversation a little bit. It's not a solution, but I'm just saying that we you can't just push a button and the businesses all change. Interesting reaction to that. No, uh, but policy is kind of an interesting term. And when I when I hear you talk about policy, one of the things that pops up into my head was um, a few years ago when we were doing the, uh, you know, the economic strategy piece for this, the city and we were, we were canvassing and talking and engaging with business leaders and stakeholders all over the deal. One of the questions we were asking was what drove your business? Like what, what was there that moved your business forward? And there was a great deal of struggle with that question. Everybody could point to what was in their way but had a lot of difficulty understanding within their businesses what was moving that business forward, which was a bit of a different uh, line of thinking for them. Uh, One of the things that they talked about a lot was policy. Policy came out as a lot of uh, the, the constraints or the headwinds and the things that were getting in their way, preventing them from, from making real change occur. And, you know, we were kind of brought back to that notion that we had talked about many times before was that that meme or whatever it, that was, damn it, I wish somebody would change the rules so my business model worked again. Like, And it's back to that, if somebody would to fix policy, then everything would be normal and everything would be good. So there tends to be this externalization of the the problems or the headwinds within an organization tends to get 
well, you got to externalize that and try to affect a policy or affect something to favor what my business does so it can be better. And I think one of the things that's a big challenge is where you have organizations that have that paradigm that I talked about, the more and more and more as part of its operating structure, you have boards or investors that are go fix that policy thing or put some attention on that external factor so that you can make the business better. And so you have this misdirection, if you will, that yes. I think is where people look to policy as some sort of panacea and hoping that some suite of policy change will make things all good and therefore take some of that pressure off or the burden off and then they can get back to business. And I think that's that fatal approach. I think it's actually very, very um, detrimental to business health because you're putting too much on somebody else to come up with the magic potion of some sort of a policy framework that is going to make all things right. And in that case, the tendency is to go back to policies that are trying to reshape what worked before. And so I'll pick on our own home province here and say, you know, our business model of Alberta has always been based on investment capital in energy and the flow of that capital throughout the economy. That's the Alberta business model. And when that investment taps dropped off starting 10 years ago, it was suddenly a policy of diversification. <laughs> Everything's got to be diverse. Go diversify thyself yeah. and, and let's go diversify the economy. So let's go put attention on a whole bunch of other stuff. But now we're going into this kind of a focal mindset of, damn it, if only we could get more investment back into Alberta, all will be well. And so we have a policy thrust that is focused on let's get invested in again and all will be well in Alberta. Therefore, all you all you Alberta-based businesses that have been living on that machine and in that model will be better off. And so policy is a tricky one for me because it, it externalizes attention into areas where I think leaders can't be effective and it takes them away from where they should be effective in how do I change the way I create value so my business can thrive in a new world? I have a I have a question or a thought about that, Glenn. I I agree um, that that the with the externalization, I like the way you describe that. But it's interesting that regulators are totally bought into feeding that notion that policy change that isn't my responsibility inside my business is what's going to fix stuff because you see it in, you know, broad based um, plans. And uh, for example, greenhouse, uh, not greenhouse, um, uh, reporting requirements around um, ESG. Yeah. So that's, that's a regulator or, a regulator or 
I'm trying to describe it. I'm not doing a very good job, but it's they're buying into that whole. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's policy. It's big policy. And it's the gates that these organizations work through. And everybody's you know, looking at that. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a good idea. They're all bought into that. But, it, you know, you kind of bring that back home. The guys that in sitting in his business trying to figure out um what to do next and they're waiting for regulators and all of that sort of thing and business leaders are very prone they want action they want to do something and they want to do it now and so it's very counterproductive to um for policy makers to think that that's going to be impactful when the guy's sitting at his desk or walking through his plant um trying to figure out how to do better um, that's just not, there's a big disconnect. So, uh, I want to I thank you both for those comments. I'm trying to pull it together and it's crazy, but you know, we're coming to a close of this conversation. We only have a few minutes left. Started, I know, I know, but so here's, here, this was not, you know, to our listeners, this was not scripted. Uh, but to bring this to a point, like why, are we at unconstrained so concerned about the principles that we talk about essential dynamics? It's because uh, business leaders have to take ownership for their situation and optimize their situation. And when they think about trying to push that onto someone else, it's less effective. On the flip side, when policymakers and regulators and people who who set up tax structures and stuff like that say, this will solve the economy. We just changed this one rule. Uh, it's uh, it, there's, that's a fallacy. So what's going to change the economy is individual business leaders making better decisions. And so what unconstrained is all about is trying to get into uh, the office and the head of the business leader to support them in making the best decisions that they possibly can. And one of the things that we we uh, we believe is that the time and attention that a business leader can put on their business is the most critical resource of the organization. Uh, and that time and attention is not well spent waiting for a rule to change or to, or to try and get the environment to change back to where it was was before. Uh, and so our. Uh, our conversations as, as we carry them on in season four are all about trying to help the business leader spend time thinking about the right stuff with the right support so that they can see the reality in the environment that's out there now and make the best decisions to help their uh, business move forward. So as with that as a hypothesis, Glenn and Ann, what are your, what are your thoughts? Are we, uh, are we on the right track? I totally think they, Sorry, Glenn. I totally think we are because there's a better chance that they can control. Um, like, don't don't try to impact something you can't control. Try to impact something you can. And so if they can control what's going on inside their organization and the, the decisions that they're trying to make and focus on the right things at the right time, then I think they'll have a better opportunity to make an impact rather than waiting for somebody else to fix it. Or, you know, you might wait too long. Sorry, Glenn. Uh, two points I think about of this that, that stick in my head is one is um, uh, the era of cheap money is over. 
And I think we need to get as a as a community, as a as a society, get past that last 15, 20 years of almost free money. Uh, that's been shaped into how our economy has operated for uh, a while now, and it's become um, part of that decision-making paradigm. The era of cheap money being over means you can't buy your way out of challenges anymore. And a lot of business leaders used to do that. That was one of those Alberta uh, characteristics, too. It was, hey, it was oil, there's lots of money, just just spend it and get past that. Okay, so if that's true, then attention is uh, even more critical as uh, to your comment, it's a it's a precious resource. But it's also about time, right? And in terms of waiting for somebody to fix things so my business model works again um, is a luxury that doesn't exist either. If there's no cheap money, there's no free time. Time is absolute. It's non-negotiable, right? Attention, once it's spent, uh, can't be reacquired. And so what you pay attention to going forward is priceless. And for company leaders, um, if if it's the most uh, important resource in their value-creating wallet, uh, good leaders learn to spend it wisely, and bad leaders bend it like they had a habit of hoping for something different. And I think what we're trying to do here is, is to start to bring some, I hate to say attention to attention <laughs> as something that is uh, 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 overlooked, um, but it's going to be important for businesses that want to survive or want to be resilient in a in a world that is no more about more, uh, it's about successful companies are the resilient ones, and so what is re- resiliency um, count for success in how a business survives and thrives? So and it's an entirely interesting space to uh, to dive into. For me, it's fascinating because I think it's critical to uh, what we what we're trying to do and what a business that is trying to endure and thrive in the future uh, has to be thinking about its own transitions. And instead of waiting for government or some other um, authority to come up with a magic mix, um, just roll up sleeves, get after it and start setting your own direction. And I think the next five, 10 years uh, are going to be even more tumultuous than the last five. Uh, so now is the time to to get busy on paying attention to your own attention. Okay, there's like eight sound bites in there. We'll see which ones come to the top. So thanks very much, Glad. So um, so the way, the way I want to, f- one principle that you shared that's really valuable, I want to highlight, and then we're probably going to talk about it next time is, you cannot buy more management attention. Right. Like it's it's a, it's a finite resource that has to be optimized. You can't just go get some more. Like you can you used to be able to get some more money. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. But let's just bring this back to the concepts of essential dynamics. Uh, the leader's on a quest, and when you receive the call, 
the call to adventure and you're off on the quest, then you got to make the journey and there's, there's no shortcuts. There's help. Uh, there's obstacles and there's help and there's campaigns along the way, but there's, you know, you got to walk every step. There's no shortcuts. And so that's, that's how we look at management attention is there's no, there's no shortcuts. So uh, on behalf of unconstrained, uh, which you can find at uh, getunconstrained.com, uh, Anne McTaggart, Glenn Vanstone, and I thank you for your time and attention today. <laughs> and uh, until next time, consider your quest. 